Welcome to Mongo in the Morning. I'm your host, Anthony Mongo Mondaluzzo. We're going to be taking a look at on this podcast, most important position in all sports, the quarterback position. This week's going to be a little different, though. We're going to go into our mini-series on coaching trees. It might be kind of an on-and-off series in between kind of episodes in our next series, which is on NFL Legends. I have just started doing some research on that, and and I'll give you a sneak preview because it kind of relates into the episode of this week. So what I'm going to be doing with the NFL Legends series is I'm going to be breaking down legends of the past and partially the present and legends of today's game, which I guess is also the present, but I mean like present, like Tom Brady present versus like Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, current legend to kind of compare to kind of just uh, yeah give you a full view of how the league has progressed and stuff and kind of compare how things have changed and how they've kind of stayed the same over time or gone back to back to zero. So I'm going to be doing so in a special way, though, of pairing some of these quarterbacks together and comparing kind of their, their play styles, their personalities, how the game has changed, and how that's impacted how they're playing and and just the different offenses they might be running. And our first episode is actually going to be on Patrick Mahomes and Brett Favre. These guys have been tied together by the man I'm covering today in our coaching series, Andy Reid. And he's, he's coached both of them, Brett Favre as an offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach and Patrick Mahomes as his head coach and and these two guys have one have not one of the big have two of the biggest arms we have ever seen in the game and are two of the most creative quarterbacks in NFL history so I think it's only fair with that much in common to be able to compare them and I think Pat and Favre have a little more in common than most of these quarterbacks will have I mean some of them will have played for similar teams or had Similar success, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to keep it in terms of play style. I know it can be easy to to get outside of that, but I think play style will will we'll be able to see a lot and relate to kind of the success they've had on the field and and some of the success that they've had outside of the field after football and and maybe see if if somebody like Pat Mahomes has has some Wranglers commercials in his future. But so that's going to be our, our our next series. This is our mini series on coaching trees. And like I said before, today's episode is going to be on Andy Reid. This is a good coaching tree. Many of you have probably heard of it as it's the one lighting up the league right now in head coaching, head coaching candidates and head coaches who are winning football games. And Andy Reid had actually not the the biggest start to this coaching tree in starting at Glendale Community College. That's where he started playing football. And then he eventually transferred to BYU. And this is where his coaching tree really gets started because he becomes a part of a very big coaching tree, one of Lavelle Edwards, who was the head coach at BYU. If you don't know much about BYU football, you probably never heard of him. But if you've heard anything about BYU football, you've heard of Lavelle Edwards. He's a very heralded coach there. He coached there a long time. And 
It was one of the implementers of the West Coast offense. Many of you might know the West Coast offense is often tied to Bill Walsh, who, who coached under Paul Brown in Cincinnati. And they first developed it when their starting quarterback got hurt, with a very big arm, and they had to go to some of their backups. And their backups did not have as great arms, and but they were really good at the point of managing games, and they were accurate. So they implemented a system to kind of help these quarterbacks be able to have success and get completions and get a lot of short yardage balls, but still being able to have a productive offense. And some of it does kind of take away from the running game. It makes a lot of the, the short passes kind of our supplements, not supplements. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess not supplements, but they take the place of supplements, I think it goes along with, where the, these kind of went in place of the the little running game. I mean, it, the running game doesn't go completely away, but you're trying to get the ball in your pass catcher's hands in space and have them run after catch. And one of the big things is about this system is that you want receivers to – it's not like today's game where the receiver goes backwards five yards and cuts back and – and don't get me started on the stuff Odell does, cutting back and losing yardage. The point is to catch the ball and and be able to have the plays. Tech, the plays are being set up so the receivers are catching the ball in open space and able to get forward. They they don't want to make a lot of moves. They just want to be able to get forward and and convert on third downs. And but the main part of it is having an efficient passing game. And and it, and we'll, we're going to get into kind of the efficiency of it because I know a lot of you will probably be asking, isn't today's game a lot more efficient than yesterday's game? I mean, the, the completion percentage rates go up and up every year. And part of that is just because of the, the rule changes where you can't mug a receiver at the line of scrimmage. Like even ten, even 10 years ago, you could do a lot more as a defensive back at the line of scrimmage and pass the line of scrimmage in terms of jamming receivers and continue to jam them down the field, which is no longer really a thing. And defensive backs and even defensive coordinators haven't adjusted to it, and we don't really know if there will ever be an adjustment to to the rule changes that have gone really that have really taken place the last ten years as the NFL really really tries to help offenses score as much as they can now. But coming back to Andy Reid. So he coached under Lavelle Edwards at BYU, and then he became an offensive line coach at San Francisco State, and then went on to coach offensive line at Northern Arizona. And at Northern Arizona, he linked up with Brad Childress, who was the offensive line coach under offensive coordinator Brad Childress at Northern Arizona. Brad Childress was the former head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. He had a bit of success under, yes, you heard it, you heard it right, Brett Favre on her at in Minnesota. And that's something you'll you'll start to notice when you look at some of the coaching trees and just players, how they bounce around the league. It it really a lot of the NFL is word of mouth. And you wouldn't think that these guys are talking or exchanging secrets too much, especially especially coaching trees like Andy Reid and Bill Belichick, who have had a lot of success, but even they are really built on the word of mouth system. 
So then Andy went on to coach offensive line under Bob Toll at UTEMP and Missouri. And so this is 1991. So from 83 to, to 91, he was really just bouncing around coordinator positions, trying to, as you can see, going to more prestigious programs like a lot of guys do, climbing the ranks that way. And then he made a big jump to be an offensive assistant under Mike Holmgren for the Green Bay Packers. This was in 1992, and, and Mike Holmgren eventually won a Super Bowl with the Packers along with Andy Reid and, and became the coach of the Seattle Seahawks, bringing, bringing this expansion team to a Super Bowl. And Andy climbed the ranks there a bit, going to, in 1995, the assistant offensive line coach and tight, tight ends coach, and then in 1997, becoming the quarterback's coach and assistant head coach under home run. And then the next year, Andy Reid sprouted from the Mike Holmgren coaching tree to go and start his own for the for the Philadelphia Eagles. And he was the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles from 1999 to 2012 after he was fired. And then Chip Kelly became the coach there. And then his own protege, Doug Peterson, became the coach and took over there. And the Eagles dipped in again to that Andy Reid coaching knowledge. And now he is the head coach for the reigning Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. And he started there in 2013 and is currently the head coach and just signed a six-year extension to continue there along with their GM, Brett Veach, who did an awesome job putting together a ragtag offensive line for their MVP quarterback. So Andy had a lot of stops along the way, the two biggest ones being at BYU where he played and eventually became a, a grad assistant for Lavelle Edwards. And Mike Holmgren, I forgot to mention, was also there. Mike Holmgren's another BYU guy, so he learned under Lavelle Edwards, and he learned part of the West Coast offense under Lavelle Edwards. So getting back to Lavelle and Andy Reid's college years, Lavelle – really set the stage for his own implementation of the West Coast offense. And what's very interesting about this West Coast offense, it is the very foundation point for many of the spread offenses that are running the Big 12 right now. There was a coach, Hal, Hal Mudd, who eventually wound up joining forces with Mike Leach, the, the crazy head coach for uh, Mississippi State, formerly of Washington State and formerly of Texas Tech. And Mud, Mum, uh, Mud, Mum, uh, Mum added the no huddle element to Lavelle's offensive concept. So he took a lot of the concepts and the fundamental concepts Lavelle Edwards had, and just added that hurry up element that we see now in the Big Twelve offense. And one of the fundamentals of the West Coast offense, at least Bill Walsh's West Coast offense is you're constantly going with a short passing game and you're and you're looking short, you're looking short, but you're constantly peeking down the field for the deep shot. You know, the, the, like I said before, the short passes are very much desired to get the ball in the hands of your receivers and the quarterback acts more so like a point guard. As we see, like, when a lot of the quarterbacks come out in drafts and stuff, they say, 
oh, he's a good fit for the West Coast offense. And some people think that's a little tongue-in-cheek, meaning that the quarterback's really not that talented and that you can you just put him in the system and everything will work out. I mean, that's not really the case, as you really need to have a quick release in this offense, being that the ball comes out so quickly. You have to have really good feet. That's something that Bill Walsh was adamant about in his quarterbacks, and it's something that really helps Steve Young become the quarterback that he is, is the footwork. And Steve Young, as we know, has very raw skills. I mean, he's he's a fast guy. They wanted to convert him to a safety when he was coming, uh, when he was coming out. Um, and and he has a lot of those those the big the raw skills that that can make a quarterback really special, which we, which he had had become has become. But what made somebody like Joe Montana so special in this system was that Joe had really good feet. He was able to maneuver in the pocket and and so much of the West Coast offense, especially Bill Walsh's. And I keep, I was just talking about Lavelle, and I keep talking about Bill Walsh. I'm a I'm a very big Bill Walsh fan, just based off of everything he's done for offenses. That even today, I mean, Andy Reid still has these concepts in his offense, and I'm gonna touch on that in a second. But I just want to talk about Joe Montana's feet for a second before I get back into that. But Joe, but with the the West Coast offense, so much of it's based off of timing. When quarterbacks go through progressions now, I mean, and not now, but in certain offenses, they're looking for the number one guy, number two guy, and and sometimes it's not based off of timing. And what that means is when a quarterback drops back, when it's a three-step drop, a five-step drop, a seven-step drop, depending on what it is, he'll – when he hits his back foot, that's when he's supposed to hit the first receiver. And then when he moves on to the, the next receiver and he, he moves his feet and his eyes into position to get ready to throw to him, that's based off of timing. That's It's very, very specific timing. And you have to be able to get off those reads quickly and be able to move on to the next receiver, especially in the West, in, in the West Coast offense. It's, it's so important because – if you're waiting too long, he's going to want to be covered. And then when you get to the third guy, you're going to be late to the third guy, and he's going to be covered as well. The offense is designed to get players open. It's not the quarterback's job to, to find guys open. It's, the, it's, the, it's really the offense's job. The, I mean, it's, it's not like Aaron Rodgers back there waiting for guys to get open and making space open. You know, this is really based off of timing, and, and if – if the quarterback's not on time and the receiver's not in the right position, you know, it can really throw things off. And so it can kind of, I mean, again, it's a short passing game, so it's not really high risk, but some of it can be very high risk, especially if the quarterback doesn't know what they're doing. You know, they'll, they'll get to just, they'll get to their progressions late and, and defenders will be, will be able to, to undercut routes and get in front of receivers because they, they they see the timing because it already the play already developed you know it's already it already happened the quarterbacks late to the party so that's I mean I mean I know the West Coast offense is something we talk about a lot but I just felt like it was important there to kind of explain it and explain really how these concepts they're all around us in football I mean the Big Twelve is based off of the West Coast offense thanks to Hal Mum and and Mike Leach just just do their own coaching tree expansion 
And what's really cool is that Mike Holmgren really served as a bridge between Lavelle Edwards' West Coast offense, which was developed out in BYU, and Bill Walsh's West Coast offense, which, which was first developed in Cincinnati. So he likes to call it the Midwest offense, but then went to San Francisco. And they were developed separately, but Mike Holmgren working under both Lavelle Edwards and, and uh, Bill Walsh was able to marry these concepts together and able to bring that into Andy Reid and help him in his efforts in developing it for himself. And even now with the, with the Kansas City Chiefs, we see these same concepts in the West Coast offense that we've seen before because they're taking stuff from when Pat Mahomes was at, was at Texas Tech and bringing that in because it, it's what fits his skills best, being having such a big arm, being able to make throws so late in his progression and still be on time because he's able to speed it up with his arm strength, able to make deep throws down the field, much like Brett Favre did under Andy Reid in Green Bay, where some of these guys, you they, you have never thought to put the play in the playbook, but their arm is just so talented that they can fit it in holes late and they can make throws on time even when they're late to it. And that's really the difference between these big-arm quarterbacks and average quarterbacks, really, and not slow-arm quarterbacks, but average. I mean, somebody like Josh Allen at, a, at, at the Combine three, four years ago, he was making – he was holding the ball so late on some of these throws because he's able to make it just waiting because the ball's faster coming out of his hand. So by the time he gets to – like if you look at the, the path in the trajectory of the ball, it's going to link up with somebody with an average to, to above average arm because it's an exceptional arm. You know, he's throwing miles and miles an hour faster than some of these other guys. So, I mean, as you can see, I'm very passionate about this West Coast offense and Bill Walsh, and I recommend reading all, all the books that you can find on Bill Walsh. Finding the the Winning Edge is a big one. You get, There's a PDF online if you want to find that. If not, it's it's a few hundred dollars. It's a, it's a very limited edition book that a lot of coaches love to have, and it describes really the process of being a head coach and and even being a GM because Bill Walsh served really both roles under there partially. Um, but and then the genius is another good one. That's a that one really talks about his early his coaching days and is a good just summary of, of everything that happened in San Francisco. And then uh, there's another book, uh, the score keeps the, the score takes care of itself, and that's more like business oriented on like leadership skills and, but it also has some football thrown in there. And I recommend all those books. Those are really just awesome books to learn about. And there's also a, a football life on YouTube. I think you find some of the clips from that and even the full thing for Bill Walsh. It's, it's really interesting. I mean, I know we're talking about Andy Reid today, but, but when somebody has ties to Bill Walsh, even if they're, they're small ties, like Andy does never coaching directly for him. It's cool. It's because Bill Walls really touched a lot of football and was able to influence really how the game's played today. So we're going to take a look at some of the head coaches that Andy Reid has produced. First one's Brad Childress, and this is kind of a interesting one because, I mean, he was kind of a part of 
Childress's coaching tree as well, but he got a head jo- a head coaching job first. And so, yeah, like I said before, he was the offensive coordinator for ne- for Northern Arizona when Reed was there, and Reed kind of served under him. And then, but then Childress became his offensive coordinator in Philly. Then actually again in Kansas City a few years ago, and and Childress coached one of uh, Andy Reid's kids and and Brett Favre, and they had a lot of success there early on, getting to the NFC Championship game, but kind of fell apart after that. Another head coach of his was John Harbaugh, who is the Baltimore Ravens head coach. He served under Andy Reid as the special teams coach in 1999, and and served there a while until he he went on to coach in Baltimore, and he's had a lot of success and. And it's kind of different being a special teams coach, but it's, I mean, you're still picking up a lot of leadership skills and, and player development skills and, in in that way. And, and you're going to see a lot of, a lot of these guys are actually defensive coaches, which is interesting. And you think that Andy Reid would produce all these offensive gurus and, you know, he has to some, some sort, but he's early on, it was really a lot of defensive guys and, and, and 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 coaches that and coaches that not necessarily learn from him just from an offensive mind point. Another head coach was uh, Steve Spagnola. He's very famous for his role with the 2007 World Champion New York Giants. He was the head coach of the Rams after his two seasons with the Giants, and and became the Giants' interim coach for uh, the end of the season after Ben McAdoo was fired and. He was the Eagles' assistant, defensive assistant in 1999, and then worked his way up to linebackers coach in 2004 before taking over to the Giants' defensive coordinator in 2007. And he's currently serving under Andy Reid again as the defensive coordinator for the world champion Kansas City Chiefs. Another defensive guy was actually Leslie Frazier, who worked as the Eagles' defensive back coach in 1999 and took over actually for Brad Childress for the Minnesota Vikings after Childress was fired, after he had a, a pretty bad year with, with Brett Favre getting banged up. And and then Frazier took over after that. And and it's, it's actually kind of cool that they just went from one Andy Reid coach to another under Leslie Frazier. And uh, next one is another defensive guy, Ron Rivera, currently the head coach of the Washington football team and was the head coach for the Carolina Panthers from 2011 to 2019. And he also served as the Eagles linebacker coach in 1999. So as you, as you can see that you got Frazier as the defensive backs coach in 1999 and, and then Ron Rivera as the linebackers coach and then Steve Spagnola as the defensive assistant on 1999 when Andy Reid started. And there, but he does have some offensive guys. I'm going to get to them in a second. We have one more defensive guy, Todd Bowles, who was the head coach for the New York Jets from 2015, 2018. And in 2012, he was the Eagles secondary coach prior to Andy Reid getting fired that next year. And our final defensive guy is Sean McDermott, who is currently the coach of the Buffalo Bills. He was a scouting admin coordinator and eventually worked his way up to defensive coordinator in 2009. So 
kind of had a different starting approach, starting and scouting. You don't see a lot of, as, as at least anymore, at least you don't see as many guys starting as a scouting intern working their way up to NFL head coach. You usually see them go to like player personnel, um, had a player personnel and then eventually like GM, but Sean McDermott had a little different of a route. And what's interesting about Sean is he actually didn't have any connections to get into the Eagles. It was, he applied and he was accepted, you know, he didn't have any, anybody help him get his, his foot in the door. And so Pat Shermer was the, was the quarterback's coach under Andy Reid from 2002 to 2008 and started out as tight ends and offensive line coach in 1999. And he was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns for from 2011 to 2012. And then the Philadelphia Eagles in 2015 after Chip Kelly was fired. And then as New York Giants head coach from 2018, 2019. So again, another person who started with the Eagles in 2000 in 1999 and became a head coach. So this starting staff for Andy Reid when he first started coaching in Philly was really, really special. And that's why he was able to have so much success with a young quarterback in Donovan McNabb. And then there are – there's one more – there's two more guys on the list. Um, you guys probably know the next two. It's Matt Nagy, the current head coach of the Chicago Bears was a coaching intern and worked his way up to be the Chiefs offensive coordinator in 2016 before taking over for the Chicago Bears. And then the final one is the current head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. He was uh, first, he played under Andy and then became a coach for him in 1999. And also, no, he didn't become a coach in 1999. He played for him as a player and then and then he actually became the first starter for Andy Reid in 1999. Before, so McNabb didn't start right away. It was actually Doug Peterson who who started, and so he was first player that started, first starting quarterback under Reid, and became his successor, eventual successor. Not immediate as Chip Kelly took over, but he took over. He is now the head coach of the former world champion Philadelphia Eagles and was able to bring them their first Super Bowl. And that's honestly kind of special being that, you know, he was Andy Reid's first starter. And then he was able to carry along that line that, that, that he had. And so like, as you can see, there's, there's a bunch of guys who are head coaches right now and who have won Super Bowls. And a, a lot of these guys have won Super, won Super Bowls before Andy did, as Andy just won his first Super Bowl last year. And, like, Doug Peterson won it, and so did uh, John Harbaugh, won their Super Bowls before Andy Reid did. So that's that's really just interesting, being that Andy's had so much success and wasn't able to win the big one until now. And, you know, he has a few more guys on his currently on his coaching staff. And Eric Bieniemy, you guys might have heard of him. He's the current offensive coordinator for Andy Reid in Kansas City, and he he's been getting interviews already for head coaching position. And and is if if you don't if you want to know, so Eric Bieniemy like was a stud at the University of Colorado. He was a Heisman finalist. Like 
if you want, like Eric Bieniemy was like one of the all time like Pac twelve college football players. So if you want to watch his highlight tape, like this this guy was a dude in college at running back. The ne- the next one is Mike Kafka. He's a former player for the Eagles and is now the quarterbacks coach in Kansas City. He's another guy just to put on your radar for future head coaching. His might not be as immediate as Biennemi, who seems like Biennemi's probably going to get a job in the next year or so. But Kafka's kind of a down-the-road kind of guy you might want to watch out for. They also have Dave Tube. You, uh, you, I don't know if anybody has ever heard of him, but he's been passed up a lot for head coaching jobs. He's a special teams guru and the current special teams coach in Kansas City. And if you don't like Dave Tube, the notable thing about him, if you're, if we're just, you know, I've been putting a lot of just notable things to these guys so far. And so he was a special teams coach under Lovey Smith in Chicago for Devin Hester. So that's, so he, he was able to really make Devin Hester the greatest returner ever because of the special teams units he put, he's put together. And he's always, if you look wherever he's gone, like that team has just changed dramatically from a special team standpoint, and they usually have at least one return touchdown when he shows up. So Dave Tube is a is a really special coordinator, and and you just see the staffs that Andy Reid puts together. I mean, former players, former backup quarterbacks, like he's constantly just pulling guys in and and promoting the guys who have a potential to be head coaches and. And while we know that Andy Reid's the play caller and, you know, some of the coordinators get get the call plays sometimes for preseason games and late in games, he still gives them a lot of responsibility. And and they really pick up a lot from him. Some of the research I was doing on Andy Reid is he's described as meticulous and constantly has a list of possible assistant coaching candidates. And we see that as it's really had a lot of success and it led to and constantly putting together good staffs, not just throwing staffs together, not letting his GM pick the staff out. You know, he wants to have a good staff to be able to develop his players and also just develop future head coaches, as we've seen. And, you know, it's it's just it's so cool to see his impact in the league and how that's, you know, like I said, it's Lavelle Edwards and Bill Walsh and Mike Holmgren touched him and where and he's able to touch these head coaches and 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 really really help them develop leadership skills and head coaching skills which can be one and the same. And so Eric Bieniemy, this is a good quote from him and we'll kind of we'll leave it off at this. The one thing on working with coach Andy Reid is you have to learn to be flexible. He's very innovative and he'll expand your mind. He'll push it to certain limits. And then you think you're at a point, and he'll push it more. I mean, Andy, you know, he he's the he'll be the first one to tell you he loves to have cheeseburgers, but that doesn't mean he's lazy. You know, he he's he wants to he works hard, and he and he's constantly thinking of new concepts, and and he he writes these concepts on like little index cards. I mean, now he he doesn't write them like his they have staff that do that for him, but he's constantly thinking of plays and having. And written on index cards for him, and he gives him the pad, and Pat runs it by him, and and it's cool. It's really cool to have that kind of connection between the two of them. They seem to really get along well, and 
and they really both love football a lot, which helps. So I I hope you guys enjoyed that episode on Andy Reid. I know I went off on a lot of different side comments, but with these coaching trades, it's kind of a given, honestly. Um, so I, it's going to be a a really easy transition in the the next episode next week, and our our first our first episode of the next series on NFL legends. We're going to be taking a look at Brett Favre and Patrick Mahomes. So thank you guys for joining me today. Mongo out.